Is it time for Eli Drinkwitz to consider benching Connor Basilak? Well, after Saturday, I think anything is on the table for the Missouri Tigers. Plus, after yet another horrible start by Missouri, it's time for Eli Drinkwitz to take a look in the mirror as well. All this and more coming up now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We're, of course, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where, yes, the comments are as brutal as ever. And, unfortunately, the Missouri Tigers got off to another wretched start this past Saturday, one over which they certainly could not overcome whatsoever. And for as much crap as the defense has gotten this season, for as much blame as defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes has gotten this season. Well, the offense was certainly nothing to write home about on Saturday either. And to be perfectly honest, I thought this was pretty obviously Connor Basilek's worst game of the season. And if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm looking at his performance on Saturday. And if it were me, I would have been considering taking him out at halftime. So, and a big reason for that is, let's take... Let's take Connor's first interception, by the way. It's not even totally clear who he's throwing to on that. Now, he pump fakes a little bit and then lets the ball go. Towski Dove is about maybe seven, eight yards away running a hitch pattern. One of many hitch patterns run on Saturday by Missouri receivers. But the ball sails over his head by a good two or three yards and making it sort of appear that Connor was throwing the ball to Daniel Parker on about a 10-15 yard out somewhere in that area. But there is an Aggie defender, I mean just sitting right there to the point where you think he is the intended receiver. Now either way, either that ball is sailed horribly over Towski Dove's head or Basilak just makes a horrible decision, doesn't see an obvious defender there. But to me, as this game went along, you actually saw three more examples of Connor sailing a guy, especially on those hitch routes. Like, for instance, later in the game, a third and five, Dom Lovett ran a quick five-yard hitch route, a good route by a true freshman, got right to the sticks. He was open, but Connor sails him. Again, that just doesn't look like the same guy to me that he was a few weeks ago. Certainly in the Kentucky game, Connor Bazelak's accuracy has been pretty on point, but for the last two, three ball games, it just doesn't seem like he's the same guy physically to me. Now, of course, that's just pure speculation on my part, but it's not just the way that Connor is moving right now, and it's certainly not only the way that he threw multiple high balls, just way, way, way high balls that were uncharacteristic of him. But if you took a closer look at Eli Drinkwitz's play calling in this game, there were several situations where Missouri is, say, a fourth and nine, and 
or excuse me, a third and nine. And the primary read is a quick pass underneath to Nico Hay. And that's just asking a lot when you see where the Aggie defender is on that play to ask him to break a tackle and get to the first down line. Again, I'm not saying it's third and 28. I'm saying it's like third and 10, third and nine. If you're, if it was a head coach, if you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball beyond the sticks there, that's kind of all I need to know about how you feel about your quarterback and your entire offense right now. And just as another example here, as I find this in my notes, later on, Missouri's down 21 points, another third and nine situation, and they hand the ball off. Missouri loses three yards, they punt on fourth and 12. Now, to me, that's just that's just playing not to lose. That's just playing to keep the score close, to not get blown out as bad on paper as it seems. And I, I'm just not a big fan of that. I like to play to win. Call me crazy. I mean, it's the idea that, hey, St. East St. Louis wide receiver Luther Burden, hey, arguably I should have led with him, in fact, because he's going to make his college decision tomorrow between Missouri and Georgia. And to be perfectly honest, it's almost more important that Missouri gets his services than it would have been beating Texas A&M almost, as weird as that sounds. Because right now, Missouri just has to get better in terms of personnel. And a guy like Burden, not only is he a tremendous player in his own right, but he's the type of guy that makes everybody in high school football wake up and take notice. The good news is, so far, Guys like Marquise Gracial, a, a big-time defensive line recruit, he's taken an official visit to Alabama recently. Well, I think he's still strongly in the Missouri fold, at least as of now. Who the heck knows if Missouri continues to go down 21 to nothing in every first quarter the rest of the season, maybe things will change. But so far, no one has decommitted from the Tigers during this period Lots of people think that Burden is still pretty likely to the Tigers, but of course, we'll just have to wait and see tomorrow. But speaking of playing to not lose, as opposed to playing to win, once again, at the end of the first half, Eli Drinkwitz decides to not give his team a realistic shot to actually score. He is almost afraid to use timeouts, it seems like, and I want to jump more into his timeout management, and frankly, just everything about Eli Drinkwitz as a coach. Let's take the the pluses and the minuses. Let's really take stock of our young coach so far. But first, I want to tell you about Prize Picks, the daily fantasy leader of college football. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I'm a big fan of this company, and I know you'll get to be a big fan of theirs too because Prize Picks offers more college football props than anybody on God's green earth and offers everything from the Power Five stars to the mid major, under the radar players. Prove your knowledge at Prize Picks by picking. All types of props you can think of, yardage, touchdowns, turnovers, the whole deal. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in less than a minute. It's really that easy. So 
Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So just to be clear here, I don't think I necessarily did the best job of wrapping up that first point on Connor Bazelak. What I want to say is if Bazelak still looks like this in two weeks. See, Missouri has a bye week coming up. No game this Saturday. So if by next week's practice, if Connor still looks about the same, whether it is a physical problem, as I've speculated, or the guy's just lost his confidence, whatever it might be, maybe a combination of both, I think you got to play Brady Cook or Tyler Macon then. I, I think you got to play somebody else. And not only because, well, Connor's been ineffective lately and seems to, again, my pure speculation, seems to be physically compromised. Frankly, the Missouri offense right now could really use an extra element of a running quarterback. And certainly Macon and Brady Cook seem to fit the bill. So just a little bit more of the ability when, say, the play breaks down, when nothing is open, the first couple reads aren't there, well, sometimes you need your quarterback to break the pocket, make some stuff happen, play a little backyard football. And right now, Connor just doesn't look like he's able or willing to do that. And also, some design quarterback runs, just the threat of keeping the ball on the backside will no doubt help out Tyler Beatty and his run production as well. So a lot of reasons, I think, to at least consider a change, but to me, unless Connor looks significantly better here in the next couple weeks in practice, I think it's time to make the move. I really do. Now, to be fair to Eli Drinkwitz, I can certainly understand the hesitancy to pull your quarterback because that's a move you never want to do prematurely. We've all seen what's happening down in Oklahoma probably, right? Spencer Rattler has struggled a little bit. They've got a backup quarterback that's considered one of the best recruits in the country. And so when Rattler doesn't do so hot, well, you're hearing the chance from the Oklahoma fans for the backup, for the other kid. But guess what? If you're Lincoln Riley or if you're Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, the worry there is, okay, if I make this move, well, what if I? What if the other kid's not that great either and I want to go back to my other guy? That can be a really tough thing to do. Quarterbacks have fragile egos. <laughs> they're, they're human beings just like the rest of us. And they have feelings. And a lot of these times, these guys are, until they got to college, well, they were the big man on campus in high school. They're the big man on campus currently on literal college campus until, well, you have a little bit of adversity and you get knocked down your butt a little bit. That can be a big confidence shaker for any quarterback. So I can totally understand why if you're Eli Drinkwitz, you're hesitant to do that. I would just tell Connor, look, you just got to get healthy. That's what I would tell him. I'm not saying, hey, you're done forever. I hate you as a player. That isn't the point. But right now, Missouri is frankly a little bit desperate. We need to be better than we've been so far this season. It's one thing where our first four games of the year where you lost a heartbreaker to Boston College you lost a, a relatively close game to a Kentucky team down in Lexington that looks really good now, by the way. I was convinced after week two that Kentucky was good. Well, they're looking even better so far this season. But now, 
the Tennessee game and now on top of that the A&M game just going down 21 to nothing in the first quarter again that's unacceptable and clearly a lot of things need to change here and the quarterback might be one of them now if you're Eli Drinkwitz by all means be more aggressive with your timeouts again maybe this is just the problem maybe maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because if Connor Basilak again if he's that compromised physically to me, the answer isn't okay, or if he's playing that badly. If you just don't trust him, that's the point. Eli doesn't trust Connor right now. He's telling us this by the calls he's making on third down and nine when we're down 21 points, for instance. If he really trusted his quarterback, he'd let him throw the ball. That's all there is to it. By the way, in the same spirit of you don't want to bench your quarterback too soon or prematurely, as a head coach, well, Eli Drinkwitz has already decided to bring back Barry Odom's defensive staff, basically. And he decided to take a hands-off approach on defense, which is fine. I don't need somebody who's a micromanager, but I got to question what Eli actually, actually wants on defense. Does he have a preference? Does he have a plan? Does he know what type of squad he wants on the other side of the ball? Because again, well, he decided after one year that he made a mistake and, oh, I guess I need to get rid of Ryan Walters and the rest of these guys. Well, obviously we're halfway into this season. We've already gotten rid of the defensive line coach. Steve Wilkes is probably going to be here for through the rest of the season, I would suppose. But the idea that he's definitely going to come back next year, well, that's not exactly a guarantee, is it? So the thing is, yeah, you can pull that card once as a coach. At least once will sort of give you the benefit of the doubt, let you fire your defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator, and think, hey, it's all going to be good now, right? But if that fails, if that, if the, if that, if you pull that ripcord and it doesn't work out, well, guess what? All the eyeballs are now back on you as a head coach. So if you're Eli, I can understand why he'd be hesitant to pull that ripcord in the middle of this season too because all that does is reflect poorly upon Eli as much as it does deflect any type of blame. But speaking of defense, I do want to talk about how I think Missouri had enough defenders at at the line of scrimmage defensively on Saturday, but there was just some little strategic things that I would like to have seen them be a little more aggressive with. And I want to talk about that. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, the greatest protein bar ever devised by man. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, well, frankly, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these tasty treats yourself to believe it and most protein bars are chalky waxy frankly just plain hard to eat but built bar is soft covered in 100 percent real chocolate and when you bite into it you know you'll be getting something different and something good but here's the deal even though it's a fantastic taste build bars are low carb low cal low fat low sugar and high in protein so it's got it all right This month, Built is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three or four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. So go to Built.com, 
Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You know, even though watching back the football game, Texas A&M, Missouri, it seemed like the Tigers, for the most part, had enough guys at the line of scrimmage to attack the run pretty aggressively. I did notice that often the unblocked defender, of course, we see that all the time in run schemes these days, a defender on the backside will often be left unblocked, uh, ostensibly put in a in a bind, in a two-on-one bind where he has to kind of hesitate and wait and see if the ball's handed off or if the quarterback keeps it. But to me, Zach Calzada for Texas A&M, not a huge run threat, probably a better run threat than Connor Basilak at this point, but it's not as though that was the biggest problem for the Tigers. I was much more worried about Isaiah Spiller and, of course, the other running back whose name is now escaping me. I apologize for that. But regardless, those were some those were where most of their explosive plays were coming from. And to me, if you're the unblocked defender there, just attack the running back. Make them keep that ball. Make Calzada keep that ball. Remember, he's their backup quarterback this year. I don't think they want to go to their third stringer. I don't think Calzada is exactly... A&M did not want to run him 10 to 15 times on design plays against Missouri. I'll promise you that. So if you're Steve Wilkes, that would have been something I'd have been much more aggressive on. Plus, speaking of the unblocked defender, you know, it seemed like in week two, it seemed like Kentucky was often putting Trey John Jeffcoat as the unblocked defender, sort of taking him out of the play and often running away from Jeffcoat or running, running away from his side. Well, that makes sense. Jeff Coat was a second-team preseason All-SEC defender and had a really good 2020 for the Tigers. But I tell you what, one thing I noticed in this ball game, Texas A&M was not running away from Jeff Coat. In fact, they were often running right at him. And he had as quiet of a game, I think, this past Saturday as he's had all season, which, frankly, almost all of his games, all of his snaps have been surprisingly, surprisingly quiet so far. Don't really have an answer for you there, but the reality is it's not as though, oh, they're just running away from him and other guys have to make the play. That was, I promise you that wasn't the case on Saturday. And finally, obviously, Missouri struggled against the run once again. Just several over-pursuits, bad angles, missed tackles, just simple, really a lot more execution errors than maybe just complete physical domination by Texas A&M at the line of scrimmage. Don't get me wrong, I, I, Texas A&M won, won the game at the line of scrimmage. They were better, but also just a lot of, ba- again, bad angles, bad tackles, And just, you know, frankly, at times, our guys are just overmatched athletically, just not fast enough. Even when somebody defeats a block on the inside, well, the running back would just be a little bit too fast to actually go down. One thing, though, Missouri has to clean up is there was multiple times where basically Texas A&M ran simple pick plays to the running back behind the line of scrimmage, and they really were pick plays. This wasn't a rub play, but guess what? These are legal picks. If you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, well, you can essentially be a blocker as a receiver and just chuck 
defenders while the ball's in the air. Behind the line of scrimmage, that's perfectly legal. So that's something Missouri really has to clean up. They ran a lot of man coverage on Saturday, and frankly, they were really lucky at least a couple times. They were outflanked on that play, and the ball was just either off the mark a little bit, Pike Calzada, or dropped by the running back. If I'm a offensive coordinator, I'm watching film, I'm, I'm the Vanderbilt offensive coordinator, that's something I'm definitely writing down, is that Missouri struggled to cover those pick plays out of the backfield as much as just about anything in the game, even though, well, those balls landed incomplete. I promise you, you go back and watch and you see, oh, wow, if that was complete, those were huge chunk plays waiting to happen. So still plenty to clean up for the Tigers. And you know what? I'm sure I'll have some stuff to clean up in my world as well. So I don't want to just constantly point fingers here and act like I'm perfect. But you know what? Thank you all once again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy. It's all your SEC news in less than 30 minutes. And of course, I'll see you guys next time on Locked on Mizzou where hopefully we'll be talking about Luther Burden donning a Missouri hat. So until then, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.